0: Hey everyone, it's Will and James here. Welcome to
1: the Pure Sport Project. We want to jump into the minds of people we find inspiring from all walks of life. Bringing you their stories, lessons learned along the way, and future plans. So tune in for some of them wholesome yarns. So yeah, like these Movember challenges, I think they're very much physical challenges, but they're also very much mental challenges as well. Like. The, the demands that you put on your body as well as your mind is just ridiculous but one of the things that really impressed me is those ones I feel like they're very much just like you grind it out like every single one of those is just something you just need to grind out grind out there's no kind of basically what I want what I'm trying to say is that with the
2: you're calling me talent talentless no I'm just, just saying like, say like you've got it.
1: this <laughs> grit and determination and it's just like technically as long as you've got like the grit and determination to get through it eventually you will get through it. However, the the challenge that really impressed me, I don't know as much as a challenge as just something you just went and did by yourself was the five minute mile, the 500 pound score, and then just why not throw a marathon on top of it as well, just for good measure. So like those ones, you've actually got to be a physical specimen to go after and do those things. And I don't think I really appreciated how tough it was until I started running last year and when the gyms was closed I started running and then I went back to the gym and I didn't realize how much it affected your strength so yeah do you want to go through that and go through what the thought process was why you thought you know what I'm just going to go after this absolute ridiculous challenge at two very opposite ends of the spectrum of a marathon a five minute mile and then a 500 pound squat yeah
2: yeah. so I actually don't really know the origins of it I think it was Coined in CrossFit Level One in about two thousand and one, two thousand two-ish, like the early, early days, back when it was just a bunch of geezers in the ranch somewhere just kicking about on C Um and then I know Alex Viada, who I know reasonably well, um, spoke about it in the Hybrid Athlete, the book that he put out, sort of I can't actually remember what it was out, but it was um, wasn't ages ago, but within ten years I think, and it was basically just coined as. I mean, I think CrossFit level one spoke about it as something that would... I think it was phrased as the ideal CrossFit athlete would be able to do this because it polarised the the different ends of the spectrum. I don't think that's necessarily true at all because it doesn't account for a lot of the elements of CrossFit, i.e. gymnastics and Olympic weightlifting that go into it. But it was spoken about as something that would be as difficult to achieve as almost any athletic pursuit was. I, that's not the case. I don't think that's the case. I think that's just a lack of understanding around how to balance these things that made it seem that way. Um, But I'd known about it for a long time. I've always felt like it was something I could probably push for and was always on the back burner because I've always been good at squatting. I mean, I can squat as much as I can deadlift um, for for context. I've just obviously got short femurs or something. But I've always had a lot of power through my hips, like cricket, golf. I've always been able to hit a ball really quite hard and that comes from just genetic hip extension, I think. So when it comes to a low bar back squat, I've always been good at it. Last so year. you are talented. <laughs> last Dollar year. Dollar trying to say you're not, you just grid it out. Yeah, I just nah. thought I'd... Uh, <laughs> man got talent. Of, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, early last year, I think it, it, it was gym revu's coupe. from there, he put up a post being like, this is the closest I've ever seen anyone get. And it was a 5.17. It was an absolute grinder of a squat on a 5.17 mile. And then there was a big thread of people being like, oh, this truly isn't possible. Like, oh, I wonder who the first person will be for all this. And I got tagged in it a few times. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 it's on the list. And then it turned out somebody was actually, somebody had trained for it and given it a go in the past that was in the comments as well. And I just did a bit of digging. I thought, actually, you know what? Given the context, given that this is a talking point at the moment, it's something I'd like to try and do because the Keltman Extreme Triathlon, which I'm now doing this year, it's been postponed, is was cancelled. And that was what I was training for at the time. So I thought, right, I've, I've got like two months before I really need to hammer in on November prep to give this a go. I phoned John in. I was like, right, me again. <laughs> uh, hello. Uh, (laughs) like I'm not far off the squat I've been training for a powerlifting competition at the time but I'd just been squatting high bar I'd actually just done a mock meet at home because I was meant to do a powerlifting competition on April 18th I think I went I think I squatted 500 pounds but that was high bar so I had the squat I'd bench 130 Fuck bench though. bench is so 2012 and then deadlifted 500 pounds again but I'd failed 242 quite dramatically so I was in good condition strength wise and speed wise I hadn't done lows but i have been doing a bit of speed work I was like yeah let's give it a go let's see how we go let's test your squat let's test your mile and then just decide if you want to throw your hat in the ring then the following week when we'd like so we'd scheduled the squat and the mile for a fortnight from then done just a little bit of a taper to get a bit of an indication of how we're going to approach it and then a group out of CrossFit Krypton in um, Virginia decided that they were gonna go. So it was Alex Smith, Adam Clink, and Dane Smith, um, who decided, yeah, we're all gonna collectively give this a bash. And then I thought, oh, right, okay, this is fun. So I actually messaged them, be like, look, I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring as well as a UK candidate. <laughs> None of them took me seriously. I think they've probably had messages from people being like, oh, yeah, I'm training for this with a 315 squat on a 15-minute <laughs> mile, because I did have a fair few of them myself. So I'm not I'm not begrudging them for not taking me seriously, but I was I was kind of wanting to have a bit of a... If we're all going for it at the same time, it'd be quite fun to do something with that, but they didn't feel the same way. So just got to work on it, and good Lord, it was a five-minute mile hard work. The track sessions were soul destroyingly difficult i mean i I, i've always had a good tolerance for just chewing the stem but the the just the feeling at the end of a track session you're just on the floor like gasping for air like metallic taste in your mouth like tingling like what on earth i have to drive home and like seeing star like oh my god but it was um we basically just it was basically periodized right through i mean it was it was we had a plan that we wanted to work towards i started at a my mile test was 507 but there was an absolute bastard of a tailwind um, which probably put on about 30 seconds so i thought okay that's enough for me to give it a go four weeks and i retested and i got a 505 mile so i thought right okay fucking hell that's, that's decent progress there but working on the mile my i was just getting pinned and under the under the bar so I went through this weird undulating period of time where one week would be an excellent session on the track, but I'd barely be able to squat anything over 85%, or 200 kilos was moving like nothing, and then I'd put out one 400 and just about die. So that that is where the challenge really came into play, because there isn't, I don't think there is a way, you can't necessarily say to someone, this is the way to do this, because it was a very much of what are you reacting to? What is claiming your energy? And how do you adjust that to keep moving forward? So that was what we had to do. We actually stripped out all my long distance stuff on Saturdays and just focused on the speed work and the the squat session. So it was basically heavy squats Mondays, followed by a track session on the Monday, uh, Tuesday upper, Wednesday tempo, Thursday was intervals on the bike, Friday was strength endurance stuff, and Saturday was reduced low intensity, steady state stuff, just reduced volume. And just steady, steady progress, getting absolutely battered, thinking this is impossible. Then tapered. And then just as I felt like I was ready to go, Adam over in the States managed to do it. um, Which is where my idea to add in the marathon at the end. It was actually a plan to add in 50k in under five hours. But for anyone that's seen the mile, Doug, bless him, great friend of mine, shit at pacing. And he got a lot of stick on the internet for it. So I kind of dodged a bullet there. But my first, so I got a 458 mile, a 500 pound back squat on end of July. It was, I think, that, that actually moved really well. I think I probably had 235, maybe 240 in me on the day. And the mile, I went out in 64 seconds, which is far too fast for anyone that knows anything about pacing. Well, I mean, you don't need to know anything about pacing. So that's dreadful. That? 11 so, seconds for a out the gate. too
1: fast, for the first lap. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is a lot. So
2: my brief to Doug, it wasn't. It wasn't like I didn't know what I wanted. My brief to Doug here was, I want one fifteen, one fourteen, one thirteen, go, and I was going to get him to drop at the end for lap four. So I didn't know. I felt great in lap one. To be fair. I think, I think my fastest ever 400 is 58 seconds, so it's six seconds with three more <laughs> to go. Looking back at it now, is just insane. So I got through lap one, lap two. Lap three, for anyone that's done a mile, one mile attempt on track, well, no, lap three is where you make or break. It's kind of where you're faced with the decision of, okay, are you chewing the stem through to the finish here, or are you tapping out? And every single time you want to tap out, but I knew lap three, just hold on to 115 pace here, hold on to it, and then four, just give it everything you've got. And I... Have a pretty good understanding of what redlining is and what my absolute upper limits are, or at least I thought I did, up until about 120 meters to go. Where genuinely, if you'd asked me at that point, what is absolute max effort, complete all-out exertion? I was on the third corner. And I had 120 <laughs> meters to go, <laughs> and you, you can see in the you can see in the way I'm running, like it's, it's just it's like all hips. I'm like I, I can barely lift my legs up. I was absolutely cooked, and I just had to. It, 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 what was amazing for me was I, I, I learned there was 120 metres of sustained effort at that effort that got me there. 4.58, tried to stop my watch because I knew it was tucked and go, tripped out the blind like a dickhead, nice one. And um, that was a shame, that adds a bit of character to the whole story. But once I realised I'd done it, I had absolutely, I mean, I was thrown up, like, oh, I was ruined. It, I was on the floor, no exaggeration, on the floor, like, genuinely no idea how I was ever going to move ever again. For thirty minutes, like just rolling around, like probably quite similar to the Family Guy scene where they all drank that stuff <laughs> and just rolling around with their own vomit. That's what it was like. And then I realised I had to, I had to drive, I had to drive everybody back to Edinburgh. And somebody was like, "Right, what time do you want to start the fifty k?" And I looked him dead in the eyes. I'm not going to repeat what I said, but I had no desire to crack on at that point. Got a bit of food in me and thought, okay. Look, I feel like I've got the engine in me, given that I was training for an endurance event. What I didn't necessarily account for was the fact that because of the 64-second lap, because of how hard I redlined to get over the line, the physiological demand of actually getting the sub-five mile was next level. Like, if I would paced the mile properly, I probably could have got through the 50k in under five hours, I'm pretty confident, but I was 20k in to the 50k attempt, and I just started cramping in places, feeling like really... Like I was really drained of salt, which wasn't the case because I was very diligent with all that and not something I've had an issue with. But physiologically, I think my body was just saying, this isn't working. The energy systems don't like this one here, pal. So please call it a day. So I started cramping in my adductors, cramping in like my toes. It was just brutal. I had no idea what was going. So I thought, right, set on a marathon, get that done. And then you've you've added a new element to the challenge because it, it wasn't like an ego thing. It wasn't like, oh, I want a one-up clink. It was more like a, this is something that's been spoken about for a long time. It seems a bit... Disappointing if I just kind of do it and call, call it there. So I thought I may as well give it a go, which I did. Got through a marathon, slow one, mind you. And yeah, tough day out, tough day out. But it, it's, it came from a place of being proficient squatting, like the squat was already there. And then the running side of things is I, I, I'm i an all right runner. I've got a lot of running training under my belt, but a sub five is no mean feat. And I, I, I had a, a tapered perfect day for it. With some specific training, and I think a sub five is something that I know a lot of people are capable of. It's just really diff- It's just it's just hard work to get there. It's just I mean those track sessions were were genuinely really quite self destroying. Like they give me shudders thinking about them. I've I've got four by eight hundreds tonight at five forty five pace. And I know that's going to be brutal, but it's just. It, it, it's again. That's why I enjoyed the process, and I kind of miss the track sessions because it's just, it's you versus you, and you, you are faced with that internal dialogue so often. Of you can tap out here, nobody will know. Nobody will know. You can just you, or you can drop the pen, and it's fun to drop the pen and get to the other side and, and see where you end up. But yeah, athletically, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of having achieved because they are very conflicting ends of the spectrum. Um, and yeah I was, I was
1: pleased to have managed to fly the flag for the UK in that part. if anyone wants to see that watch the YouTube video um, on, uh, on Fergus's yeah, channel I think it's it, honestly yeah. I think when you sent me through that video of you doing the the mile and the trip at the end that was like your your glory <laughs> moment and then just hit the deck on the line and I was just like oh my god that was your moment to shine,
2: mate. It was. It was like I was gutted when I realised what I'd done. I was on the floor, but it was. It was genuinely like I just put so much on the line to get there. I was like, I. I did not even remotely care. Like I was like, that is awful. All this work, all of that. It's like. Boris Johnson's first day as Prime Minister he turned up with his trousers on that's what it felt like (laughs) I mean to be fair he's he's not done much better since then but it's just like (laughs) I was just lying on the floor I cannot believe it was almost so bad I was like it doesn't even matter like there was there's no way you can even excuse or salvage this other than you have fallen over at the most pivotal moment in the entire thing you utter at least it was over (laughs) the line if
1: it was 10 metres short
2: (laughs) you're like (laughs) yeah yeah imagine Imagine like finishing like uh, what is it, Ricky Bobby and that French guy in uh, Tall League of Nights? <laughs> Fingertips <laughs> over the end, but um, annoyingly, I, I feel like I probably could have had a 450 mile in me that day if it had been paced properly. But I don't think I'll ever find out. So yeah, it's uh, that, that that's an idea because I know the quest will come up. There is there is a similar element on that structure that I'm playing with this year for a similar challenge but i don't know whether to do it in the same day or in the same weekend because they're both quite enduring time-wise so we'll see
0: well i'm gonna give you some credit because i think you were hitting the deck anyway (laughs) there is no if you're rolling around throwing up you're hitting the deck anyway so you just if anything you sped that process up for yourself uh so i think planning wise that's pretty good you you retained a, a slight a slight bit of effort for that marathon afterwards by yeah about six meters i think yeah Yeah. so there you go take it
2: that was awful god i've got borderline like deja vu shudders just (laughs) (laughs) it was bad it was bad but yeah it was it was very fun to train for and again i I enjoy i enjoy the process of helping people understand that you are not constricted to traditional boundaries of training um i think one-dimensional training is quite dull i've been there i've done it for years and um i very much enjoy the challenge of balancing these things now and it's just it's good fun having variety and being able to confidently show up to go for a long swim go for a long bike ride and well i mean bike ride i'm pretty pretty useless but short legs heavy frame doesn't help but um yeah i I just enjoy the ability to do things that i enjoy in camp training now whereas when i was powerlifting for four years i've used the example before i'd say no to a round of golf on a saturday because i had heavy squats on a monday and I didn't even really enjoy powerlifting that much but because I was in that one-dimensional mindset I didn't want the 15,000 steps that a round a golf would put in my legs before a heavy squat session on the Monday so yeah we' we're, we're, we're capable of a lot more than we think we are and I think um it, that, that's what I've enjoyed the most about this process is it's just getting in figuring out the cogs what changes here how do we how do we change the formula to get to the the end goal and yeah I've, I've got I've got a lot of things that I want to tick off in the next sort of decade, but I don't feel like I need to rush at them because there's so many exciting things going on in my own training I've always got short-term goals to aim for.
1: Well, your younger brother did the deadlift, right? 500-pound deadlift and a five-minute mile, and he's a cricketer.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He is indeed, yes, yes. He was also squatting 180 for triples the other day. Yeah. It just doesn't really make any sense, but um, he was 19. Yeah, I mean, we were training for this at the same time, so lockdown part one we both went back to the family house in the northwest where we have a very efficient effective gym because jamie's got a decent amount of discounts over the years from his cricket relationships and when we moved there i wasn't planning on moving to london straight away so invested in kit there that then didn't end up getting used but it did when lockdown came along so it all worked out in the end but we basically just decided we'd we'd focus on this jamie didn't have a season of cricket which was getting in the way Getting in the way—it's his job. But um, <laughs> didn't, didn't, have, didn't have a season <laughs> of cricket that he had to worry about in terms of S and C stuff. Um, but he—I mean—he's he, a—he's a mutant. Running wise, he—he he blitzed that sub five. The deadlift was easy as well. But he was two weeks before I did it. Yeah, he deadlifted five hundred pounds, nineteen years old, and ran a four fifty-three mile in the same day. Well, in the same—it was in the same evening. It was within about two and a half hours of each other. um and, yeah, we, we were following a very similar training structure for it, but I think, again, it comes down to you are the some effect of the people you spend time with. I mean, we were both chasing the same goal and training and fighting through it. I mean, he, he had days where he couldn't break 180 kilos off the floor. I had days where I'd unrack 140 and it felt like a house on my back and these little things because you, you always have that sense of, oh, if they're feeling that way as well, maybe I'm not just shying out. There's actually things that we need to assess, need to change here. So. It was a fun process to explore, but Jamie is a, a rather shockingly brutal athlete at, at his core, and I think he's probably got a 250, 260 deadlift in him if he focused on it. That's which is just laughable. I mean, oh, he's f- f- fun fact. This is the funnest fact, but it's not because it's ridiculous. But he's completed the yo-yo test, like the, um, the the athletic elite athletic. That he's I didn't even know you could complete it. it. I
1: thought it just went on and on until yeah, yeah, it was stop. I think definitely just, like I mean
2: too, there's two there's two versions there's two versions I don't know I don't know what the difference is between the two because I I haven't done one since he used to play rugby but whatever the version they were doing was he has got to the end of there were no more
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you're ever short of a buck or two and need a new business idea I think uh, you and your brother (laughs) could sell your blood I think think there's a high price high price for this if anyone can get a little bit of gains don't I'm expect, don't expect
2: any exciting upper body pressing numbers however uh, <laughs> that's that's where we are both <laughs> abysmal i think uh, we can both strict press 65 on a good day but <laughs> it, it's it's funny though isn't it it's just like we, we i don't think we're objectively excellent at any one thing if we're being like stripping it down, i mean we're, i'm jamie's got great leverages for deadlifting conventional i've got great leverages for squatting mobile but we are just adaptive we've just we've learned that we can quickly adjust and change gear to certain things and if we put in the work at the right relative intensity we can adapt very quickly to them which is something that we're lucky to have genetically speaking but um it's it's exciting because it means that we can be quite diverse in the way that we train what we train for and i'm worried jamie could be an absolute weapon of an Ironman athlete because he can put out some disgusting numbers on the bike due to those long, deadlift legs of his. So, I'll whilst he's still got cricket on the go, he doesn't. He's not allowed to do that. So I'll uh, retain my smugness that he can't do these things. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, he might be joining us for the uh, twelve hours. His back's his back's slightly injured, but I, re- I reckon he could put out fifty miles in twelve hours. To be honest without ever done it.
0: looks like we've got an alright mm-hmm. run team it could be
2: could be but we shall see he's not convinced just yet but we'll um, work on him yeah I, I think it, it just comes back to it's the said principle isn't it it's we just we got specific for the goal that we wanted we had the right environment to do it and um, we, we could adapt quite quickly to it but it's uh, I think that the bigger message is I don't want people to be constrained by the boundaries that where they feel they identify place them in I mean f- for example James you're a weapon of a CrossFit athlete but around 60k, that's not something most CrossFitters can do. Endurance for a lot of the CrossFit community isn't considered anything really over about half an hour, 40 minutes of steady state, one dimensional movements. Whereas actually turning up and running 60k is mega for someone of your training focus. And that's, that's, that's what I love. I love people pushing boundaries in new dimensions and new things because it proves that actually these things can be balanced. There's a lot of ways we can be more versatile, more robust athletes, and figuring that out for ourselves is the fun part.
1: Mm. It means a lot coming
2: from you, from such a hybrid athlete. To quite your Instagram, hybrid as fuck um, <laughs> i was tempted to put that up in the home gym but i was like nah fucking i can't do that it's just brutal <laughs> just just as a joke but then I, I was like at the cost of a decal 75 quid for a joke that wouldn't be funny after about three days i was like nah, <laughs> i'm gonna sign out of this one."
0: <laughs> sounds worth it to me a couple cheap laughs here and there
2: that's all i need yeah i just i just the same joke with it's like the worst dad joke ever because one person, mind you, there's lots of single people that I could make it to. So therefore, maybe, maybe, hang on, I've got to make it, I've got to make some calls. I'll be back in a second.
0: Um, Speaking of hybrid AF, there's more challenges you've done. Uh, <laughs> the Zwift. Oh yeah, have we touched yes. on that?
2: No, we haven't what? actually. Yeah, so that was um. I like how
0: you've forgotten about it and you kind of went, uh, like it wasn't something. It's more
2: selective, (laughs) selective. That was, um, that was, I mean, at the time, so that was basically a similar circumstance whereby the Kelman had been put off. I didn't necessarily have any, any immediate goals to fulfill, but I'd been doing a lot of time on the bike. I'd just completed the Knights of Suffolandria, which is a 10 back-to-back Sufferfest workouts, which for anyone that doesn't know is like a training software owned by Wahoo, which is It's interval training that uses elements of the UCI championships and things. It's just a sadistic training software. I'd highly recommend it, but it's um, it's just brutal interactive workouts that you can do on your smart trainer or what bike. And the Sufferfest Challenge is 10 of those back-to-back so, just on that, because my coach was doing it with a few people, I said, Yeah, I'll do it. Might as well give it a bash. Um, you got, got asked and you
0: went, and your response was, For fuck's so. <laughs> sake. Yeah,
2: yeah, here we go. Whoa. But I just, <laughs> what I did end up doing was I thought, I'll try and burn. I've never seen anyone do this before. I'd try and burn 10,000 calories and eat 10,000 calories in the same day. And I was like, If I'm going to be on the bike for 11 hours, I might as well just give that a go, obviously. So, I ran for 2 hours in a 20 kilo vest the morning before the 11 hours on the bike as well just because I thought that I'd add up the calories which it did but it made the bike a bit miserable um so this this was when I was like in peak peak overall condition probably I'd say april april last year was probably when i had been the most well-rounded version of myself athletically like I could swim 5 10k confidently I could I could ride 100 k plus no no problem I could run seven minute miles at threshold I mean, I, I mean it was it was months and months of work that got me there obviously but that was where I felt most efficient and I, it, it wasn't lockdown boredom but it was it was a case of I need a trial I need to start getting into the right mindset for November as soon as I can I need to learn some lessons psychologically sooner rather than later. I'd like to do something that helps people see light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't want to start raising money for November now because that might dilute from what I was hoping to achieve further down the line. And I thought, okay, sleep deprivation is going to be one of the biggest challenges that I'll face in November. I hadn't actually spoken. Nobody knew what November was at at this point, so I was kind of framing this as I'm doing this as a way to learn some lessons, but as a way to encourage people actually you can suffer through pretty challenging things um you just need to have a little faith in yourself and learn to face the obstacles as they come so i'd i'd done 24 hours i'd, I'd ran from 24 hours in the past and thought bike is where you're pretty efficient at the moment the 11 hours and stuff fest was wasn't that strenuous in terms of aerobic work i did feel like i had a lot more to give there so thought ross he's done 48 hours in the pool so swimming, I see, is conceptually more difficult than cycling. Staying awake for 48 hours is a challenge that I don't have much experience in. Well, not staying awake, but staying movement efficient for 48 hours is something I don't have much experience in. So let's give this a go. And it turned out that it had been 49 days since we'd been in lockdown, so I made it 49 days. So the aim was to just stay on Zwift for 49 hours to represent the 49 days that we have been in lockdown. Um, to try and encourage people to, to sort of uh, pain, pain it forward was what I called it, because my pain, my suffering was a way of thinking for people to, uh, people to think about things moving forwards. I was encouraging people to put money aside for a coffee with their mum or whatever it was further down the line, because at that point in time, we weren't sure what direction the economy was going to go. I didn't want to ask for people's money charity-wise, etc. So I thought, I want people to do for them whatever they take from this project for themselves that will have a positive impact. And I decided, because I was gonna have a lot of people on Instagram Live talking about things, I was gonna get a turbo trainer rather than the Wattbike because it was much, much quieter. And what retrospectively turned out to be the case was my cranks on my tri-bike are 172.5 millimeters. I actually need 165s, I still haven't changed them because Shimano's pretty expensive. Um, And I haven't done much cycling since then, but i think what ended up happening was about 14 15 hours in my left hamstring just felt like it was about to come off the bone um it was just so stressed so horrible i wasn't moving at an intense pace i think i'd covered about 340 odd k at this point and i yeah it just it was coming in waves where i genuinely felt like i was going to pull my hammy off the bone so i thought right i'll get a couple of hours of sleep get back on see if it's helped it did a little bit but then I think that repetitive strain in that overextended position over time was what ended up causing me grief. So if I'd done it on the Watt bike, things might've been different, but I got through 30 hours on Zwift and then decided that there were diminishing returns at this point for my own, my own health, my own state of injury. And just called it a day. Just thought I've learned the lessons I needed to learn for November. Have I set out to achieve what I wanted to? No, but selfishly speaking, I gained all that I needed to from it for what people at that point didn't know was coming. Um, i got lots of really encouraging messages from people that thought, you know what, actually, I'm going to try and develop my endurance. I'm going to try and connect with people in different ways. I'm going to take on this challenge because of this. I I mean, I had people all over the place going on long bike rides that day. People joined me on Swift at three in the morning. It was just, again, it was just another really nice community effort and something that I learned a lot from. So it was stupid, something that I, again, fell short on, but... There's lots of variables at play, and this variable has to be 75 millimeters long, so I think that's um, something I can take from it, because it's not an issue I'd ever had in the past. Um, it's not an excuse I'm making, it's something that I could have seen coming. But if I'd done it again, I would have done things differently because of that. I learned the lessons I needed to learn. 30 hours feeling like I was about to snap my hamstring on the bone was excellent preparation, it turned out, for every descent on Ben Nevis after about day six, because I just felt like I was under pressure at any point of snapping. And that real tense fear, adrenaline that I had there on the bike was something that I recognised when I got onto the, onto the bend. So everything happens for a reason. And that stupid endeavour turned out to be very useful further down the line, which was uh, all it was really intended to be. So yeah, 30 hours on the bike is not 49. But again, I'm still quite pleased to have suffered through 30 hours on the bike.
1: Yeah, I've done yeah, I two don't want that. and a half hours on the bike, I think. <laughs> And it was one of the most miserable things I'd ever done. Like <laughs> running for two and a half hours is very different to sitting on a bike for two and a half hours. So I can't even imagine what 30 hours on a bike would be like. Just the chase. Oh,
2: yeah. Would oh, mate. Uh, there's, there's, pic- there's pictures I have that I haven't shared publicly
0: because. Well, I mean, hopefully not because it's around you, your ass. You get arrested that for that, I'm pretty sure.
2: Well. I could, I could have, uh, there were certain angles I could have shown that covered it, but there's, you'd know what area it was, but just for the sake of, uh, I wonder if I've got them on here, because I can show you, you, could, you guys.
1: You could set up an OnlyFans so you can make some money off the back of it. I was thinking this.
2: I was, I was, I, we were actually thinking on Project of Vertical, should we set up an OnlyFans for all the grisly, horrible shit that gets people going? Because <laughs> the Iron Cowboy took off when there was a picture of his feet absolutely mangled beyond repair went up. Like That's when people started caring about what he was doing. <laughs> but we were like, people will pay to see the Grizzly. Like, but we didn't get any blisters or anything. And I was like, I'm not just going to start putting up like weird pictures on OnlyFans to raise money for charity, because yeah. it's just not quite the intention. But it was the chafe was...
1: Would Movember endorse that?
2: Oh, I, 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 I didn't ask the question, <laughs> so I don't know the answer. But um, the chafe was dreadful, but the repercussions came to a Grizzly head about eight days later when the chafe decided to peel. So I had a... Um, there's no real polite way of putting this, but I'm just going to stop there and let the, your, your imagination do the rest. It was it was unpleasant. <laughs> there was a shade of purple that I had not seen on a human body before, and uh, I don't think my nether regions have ever truly forgiven me. I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, it, it calloused me. So on my next on my next long ride, didn't feel a thing.
1: <laughs> Unreal. Um, so yeah, that's. Is that every challenge I think <laughs> that you've done so far, or have we missed any? Yeah,
2: I think so.
0: We could do an episode on each of these.
2: I think so. Um, do, do what else? Oh, the Iron are just
0: yeah, just the Iron Man wasn't really one, was it?
2: But like, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no creativity to that really. Um, yeah. There's not much I can add other than what other people have experienced there. Um, no. No, other than their what's the plans for this year? I was going to say. So, is are... it
0: is, shall we jump into what the next challenge is? Are we allowed are to we go Are we just going to tease? Um, You've been speaking about it.
2: Well, I have. I have plans. I have plans. But to summarise, I don't have any intention of making my personal challenges any bigger. I have intentions to make them broader, and that's for the simple reason that I feel like I can have more of an impact by being more interactive with people that are on our part of this community that want to have a positive change or have a positive impact on themselves. I still have a lot to gain from a personal point of view in terms of intrinsically, mm-hmm. that is, from the challenges. So my personal challenge will not be bigger than Project Vertical. I, d- I, d- I doubt, unless anyone wants to bankroll something stupid, that there ever will be. Um, but I want to encourage other people to join in in their own way and that will make more sense for the the downline but it will be a month-long job if it is able to happen depending on what the COVID situation is but in the meantime, I have the Keltman on the 12th of June which is an extreme Scottish triathlon it's sort of an ultra Ironman I think it's 3.2k swim in very cold water and they herd the jellyfish towards you, the bastards um 200 202k bike and then a marathon over two monroes so i think it's about about 1800 meters of elevation across the marathon as well so it's a it's a brutal day out it's part of the extreme triathlon world series so if anyone's seen the norseman it's the uh, scottish version of that that's june and then july 25th i've got the outlaw triathlon where i'm trying to put down a solid time as well as do something else but I will elaborate on that nearer the time. If if any of that goes ahead, that is. I think whatever happens, I um I'll do a few things along the way. I, I'm I'm planning on doing just some stupid things along the way for the sake of documenting and enjoying the process, like our twelve hour thing coming up. I want to get a sub seven beer mile, so I'm gonna race my brother on that. Um I it's even six thirty it'd be nice, but yeah, i am already beer mile training on the uh, on the treadmill on Monday nights. <laughs> And then if I beat my brother, he might want to rematch with a wine mile or something. Who knows? Who
0: knows? <laughs> but
2: no, I, 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 want, I want to just, I want to use, once I've got more time to train for things that I enjoy, I just want to, I just kind of want to document and explore new training methodologies for the first half of the year. Just just kind of just give a bit more insight on on how and why I approach things the way that I do. And then triathlon dominant June, and July. And then from that point onwards, it'll be quite ultra running focused if everything goes ahead in November as planned but the plan is from November this will be the last year that I do my event solely in November for the sake of raising money because I do have bigger plans to allow a more permanent facility for people to engage with mental health and raise money year round from next year onwards but one thing at a time one thing at a time
0: amazing so I've got I've got a question for you because personally you inspire me a lot and i know we spoke about inspiration earlier and there's there's only much you can you can take from other people but as someone who who again is so inspirational to me and so many others is there anyone out there that you look at that inspires
2: you nims 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 die yeah yeah and nick gardner Honestly, like, it's it's a weird thing to say because I, I, I don't know why I feel the way I, the way I do about it, but I feel like my, my take on inspiration is I can very easily get drawn into comparison on it. I don't like to do so. It's, I, I, I mean, comparison's not an inherently negative thing, but I just feel that I am inspired by people that make me want to be a better version of myself, not more similar to them. And mm-hmm. for that reason, I tend to, not really, it's, it's sort of be your own hero mentality thing, I guess. I don't know where that phrase came from originally, but I, I feel like um, I want to sort of figure things out for myself as I go. And if there's people that pop up and inspire me along the way, it, it, that sounds trite. But there's, there's not more, there's not like someone I've got on my wall that I look up to every day. I do have a photo of Roger Bannister that I'm looking at right now, signed by him, that's probably one of my most prized possessions, just because he epitomises that, like, fuck everyone else, this can be done mentality Mm -hmm. which is why nims is so inspiring because it just does not make any sense how he is so good at what he does and he doesn't even like uh, speaking to one of the guys up in fort william and nims was at a talk up there and this very experienced mountaineer stood up and he's like nims like how are you so much better than everyone else at this and I just didn't know. He was like, I, I don't. I, I just am. <laughs> <laughs> he just is, and that's it. But it, it, it's the it's the fact that he's so, his story from being Gurkha to SBS to where he is now is just insane. Like just the just the lack of the lack of logical planning that you'd expect that goes behind it. Everything is so ad hoc, but he's just so mind blowingly effective at beating what from a sort of earth point of view like planetary point of view shouldn't be possible i mean k2 it's 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 brutal how many people have passed away in the past fortnight up there now trying to go for it like it is it is insane and you watch him and his gang getting to the top and yes they had their trials and tribulations along the way but they they didn't make it seem as hard as it was and i, th- I think i think that's that's why that's why i take so much from nims because it is it's just completely subverting any expectations and Yes, there's, there's a lot of people I, I look up to and, and take from, but that raw, like, incomprehensible inspiration comes from Nick Gardner, can't explain why, and then Nims, just because he, he's achieving he's achieving things that are borderline profane. <laughs> like, you should not be able to beat the wind in Nepal <laughs> in the winter like that. That doesn't make any sense. That's why people haven't done it. But anyway, anyway, there's um there's inspiration out there in all forms, but I think... um. Yeah, I, do, I just I just love the whole story, and I think it's um, it's it's just fascinating how again the simplicity of it. He just enjoys pushing these boundaries. There's no agenda. There's no this, and just the respect he has for Nepal and the crit and the culture that goes behind it. I think is a beautiful thing as well. Big up Nims.
1: One last question. Yeah. So after everything you've done over the last few years, if you could go back, classic podcast question and. Give big yourself big time. Big time. some advice, your younger self, some advice from what you've learned over the last few years and the challenges that you've done and things like that. What would it be?
2: How's the word this? Um, to be honest, i think i would go back to school. So I, I ended up studying theology and religion at Durham because I, I, was, I, I should have studied English literature, was what I was thinking. But if I'd applied for English literature at Oxford my chances of getting in would have been 3,500 to one. So I applied for theology and religion to improve my chances to about 67 to one, I think it was. Didn't get in, ended up going to Durham. And now, with hindsight, I mean, obviously I've got friends for life from Durham, I've had the experience I've had there and, and whatnot, but I ended up doing a subject that I didn't enjoy at university that I didn't specifically want to go to because i felt it was the right thing for me to do as dictated to me by those around me and that's not criticizing the school they they obviously have a quota of academics that they want to get in certain places and they've got this formula for if you're good at this you do that etc and that's that's quite traditional but if i'd gone back i wish i would have followed the the trail of you are incredibly passionate about fitness training exploring these things and once i Stopped playing rugby because of my concussions. I, I became completely obsessed with just developing myself physically, fitness-wise. I mean, I was I was lifting three, four times a week, and I was out on the bike. I was running. I was doing all these things. I, I ultimately got it wrong and ended up burning out. And But I was drawn to it through fascination, through experience, and I wish I'd done sports science at Loughborough because it's what I actually enjoy rather than what I thought I should have been doing. And I think that's that's what I'm fi- finally doing again now is I'm uh, doing what I want to be doing rather than what I feel I should be doing. And that will make me a much more happy, better version of myself. And I think, um, yeah, my, my, it comes back to those metrics for success that I referred to earlier. My metrics for success were completely off. And had I learnt at a younger age that how much money you earn beyond a certain point, what university you go to, what grades you get, what car you drive, what job you have, what position you hold within that job, these hierarchies that weigh us down. It doesn't matter. It's not going to make me happy. All it is is box ticking up to a certain point, and then you die. Like what's what's the merit in that? And that that's the realization I came to through the experience that I had. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't change anything now, as it were. But I wish I'd given the advice to to follow follow the path that seemed right for me rather than the the right path from the options in front of me. I was placed into the most relevant box rather than placed onto the path that I should have been following. And I think with my brother, for example, I've seen that something he's done. He's gone to Loughborough to do sports science because it's a great place for him to pursue his cricket, but it's also a great place for him to learn about all the the stuff behind that and the side of fitness that goes with it. And yeah, I think for, for kids these days, especially, it's something that needs to be tackled and explored because the only person that can define what makes you who you are is you, not some pre-prescribed version of what the school wants you to do based on how they'll be able to sell that to prospective parents or future entrants further down the line, as it were. It's a long-winded way of saying, don't study theology and religion at Durham, Don't study sports <laughs> science at <off Bruce> Lafayette
0: <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um,
2: I'm also not religious, which makes that even weirder to clarify.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there is a a better place we could end with that, actually. Um, We could extract a lot from you for many, many more hours. But we see your time is very valuable and we know how much you have going on and everything you're doing is totally incredible. I feel personally very blessed to have had this conversation with you. I've learned a lot uh we've we've spoken briefly i've seen your videos before but yeah this has been this has been great for me and i'm sure for anyone that listens to this and watches it if it does go out so yeah big thanks on my yep. part
1: same for me same James, for me as well like we do- i wouldn't have we- done my november challenge if it wasn't for you like i took inspiration from you and the fact that i couldn't come up to ben never says as, as was planned even though i would have been very underprepared because when i saw the conditions that you were going up in i was not ready for that i would have turned up in a pair of trainers and a coat and and not in knee deep snow so if anything i'm kind of glad that a lockdown happened because it saved me but um yeah honestly i think we could we could you know carry this on for another two hours if we really wanted to um which means i think there will probably just have to be a part two later down the line maybe when you've ticked off Mm. another three or four challenges probably in the next year more than likely um, but yeah yeah. big thanks for coming on I think yeah it's been an absolutely fantastic podcast it's only me and Will's second one but yeah it's going to be hard to beat
2: never would have known
1: yeah no, thank, you, thank you for
2: having me enjoyed it and um, hopefully we can get one done in person sooner rather than late when all this nonsense is over mm-hmm. come down visit us in London say nonsense but yeah it's uh, difficult times for us all in more ways than one But, um, yeah, I look forward to being able to properly interact with you soon enough and, uh, yeah, head down to London whenever that seems safe and legal to do so. (laughs) Awesome.
1: Big point. Cool. Right. Shall I end it there? Unreal. I think so. Yo, thank you, Pure Sport fan, for tuning in. As a valued listener, we'd like to offer you a 20% discount code site-wide on puresportcbd.com. Use the code PROJECT20 to level up your life. If you like this podcast, like, subscribe and share with your friends. And remember, no stress,
0: stay blessed and we'll catch you next time.